Hello there, church family. It's good to be with you today for our sermon recap, our midweek discussion. Uh, we try to do this each and every week, so glad to do it this week. Last week, Pastor Spencer and I were on our own. We called ourselves the Dynamic Duo. <laughs> Did you get that in your mouth? <laughs> I started getting pictures of us yeah. with yeah. our faces on, uh, on yeah. different things. I got someone put that in my mailbox. You know, they were mad because when we said Dynamic Duos, our minds went straight to athletes. Yeah. And they said, well, I thought you were going to say Batman and Robin. Yeah, that's like yeah. the best one. I'm like, right. well. No, that's our fake. Yeah. If you're, yeah. If Jack you're and Kobe fiction, is real. Yeah. Things we said were Montana real Montana Rice. Oh, yeah. That's Ooh, a good one. Uh, you know. Yeah. That's a good one. Anyways, got the whole gang back. <laughs> Scott. Scott and Dave decided to show up to work today. <laughs> that's <laughs> nice. <here>. Yeah. <laughs> Finally. <laughs> Finally. We're present. <laughs> no. Get a sticker. Yeah. We took a break from <laughs> Ephesians because this past Sunday was Palm Sunday. Uh, we're in Holy Week this week. We have Good Friday service coming up this week and then Easter, Resurrection Sunday together. So we want to take time to focus on that. And so that's what we tried to do this Sunday morning. We were in John chapter 12. Uh, that's where we were looking at the triumphal entry. Uh, but compared that this week with Psalm 118, verse 19 to 27, and kind of did a little uh, comparison of what we've seen there. But uh, Palm Sunday, how many, uh, have, have you guys preached sermons on Palm Sunday, specifically that? Scott, no, no not yet? No. Yeah, I have. Dave, how, have you had to do it a lot? Uh, do you know? Because you're at your former church like yeah, four years, so. Yeah, so I did like three Palm Sunday services, and I did a couple in Chicago when I was pastoring the Bridge Church uh, there, so yeah. And, and you'd five. focus specifically on Palm Sunday? I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. 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 How about you, Spencer? But yeah. I never did. I'm sorry. I okay. never did Psalm 118. No. I always did the New Testament. So that was, I liked I liked how you mm-hmm. tied it all in. It was really good. So. Yeah, I'd done it before. I'm not sure. I just, I mean, not very many times. Yeah. But yeah. I find it to be a difficult one to preach. Um, <clears throat> obviously, it's the king uh, thing, but... I feel like I should be more excited when I preach it, and I struggle with that, I guess. Uh, but I was glad to be able to do it again again this week. I've probably I've, I've preached quite a few of them uh, now at this point, but uh, had to be an interesting event in the in the life of Christ. A lot of a lot of change taking place at this point because, like I mentioned Sunday, Jesus was always telling people not to tell anyone who he was, <laughs> it seems like, yeah. uh, very counter to what, what we hear today or, or what he said at the end when he ascended. He said, now go and tell, go tell everyone. But for most of his life, he was saying, no, now is not my time. Or, you know, who do you say I am? Well, you're the Christ. That's right. But don't tell anybody mm-hmm. yet. And now it's this is kind of the change here to where he's riding. He's riding into town just not too long ago, raised his friend from the dead, uh, Quite an extraordinary event. Obviously, news has spread. People have heard about this. Uh, it's, it's causing quite the ruckus in town. And Jesus allows this scene to happen and to take place to where he's riding in town on a donkey that his some of his disciples have went and got for him. He's sitting on it. People are laying their coats down on the ground, uh, which is a sign of somebody special is coming in. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're taking palm branches, which in my study, a lot of people were saying, uh, a lot of different commentators were talking about the symbolism of the palm branch. Uh, I'm trying to think, though, off the top of my head, that mean, meaning maybe peace. Yeah, prosperity. And prosperity, because they, they said you find it on a lot of coins. 
uh, and that's what it was kind of representing. I don't know if that's what the people were thinking when they were taking them or not, uh, but they're waving palm branches. Obviously, there's this celebration of who Jesus is, and they're shouting out uh, Hosanna. They're shouting these things out to him. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord and the King of Israel. That's what we see in John. And Jesus isn't telling them to be to be quiet. So there's this big change. So I guess the question for us that we could maybe talk about a little bit, what's what's the change? Why why now? Well, I've heard um I think I heard John MacArthur said this one time and I thought it was actually there's a lot of validity to it. Because he said, um I, I believe I'm right in saying this, um, but like how in the past when Jesus would always say, like, you know, he would heal people, raise somebody from the dead and say, don't tell anybody about what I just did. Or, mm-hmm. or like whenever Peter confesses him to be the Christ, um, he doesn't tell them to go right out and say that um, until this moment. And I think one of the reasons that MacArthur points out is because the message was never just the miracles. The message is really this last week's events. Um, the coming into Palm Sunday, his arrest his trial, his crucifixion, his resurrection. That is the core of the gospel message. So it was only until this last few days of his life that he allows the public to to heap these accolades and name him as the son of David. Um, and he actually, I remember in Luke's account, um, uh, the uh, the religious leaders say, hey, you need to tell all these people to be silent. He says, I'll tell you <laughs> what, if they didn't say anything, the rocks would cry out. Mm-hmm. Because now is the time. This is, so I think there is something much a lot to that. And the fact that John's gospel, really the second half of the whole gospel is just one week yeah. of events. It starts at chapter twelve, yeah, all the way through the rest of it. Right. And so it's like these yes, the whole life of Jesus is the gospel, but particularly the events of that last week are the gospel message. Um, Sunday to Sunday, the first day of the week to the first day of the week, because that's really um the core he died for our sins according to the scriptures he rose again on the third day um, and he ascended back to god so Mm -hmm. anyway i think that's that's a pretty good um estimate of kind of why he did that at least It's it's overwhelming to think that god has a plan before time ever began and so all these things throughout time at this point had happened to get to this point to where it's like now's it now's it Right. This is the plan. Right. Right. This is this is when it's all going down. Mm -hmm. It's going to happen. And so, one of the things I tried to remind us on Sunday, and I think it's it's good to do, is that while yes, Jesus is riding on this donkey into town, the people are praising him. He's like you had mentioned in Luke there, even saying to the Pharisees, if they don't do it, the rocks will shout out. Recognizing what's going on, that would be a great song. What's that? By the way, if somebody you know. What? Yeah. 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 The, the children's choir. Yeah, I remember that. Ago. Nolan didn't remember it. We talked about it. I remember that one. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. You don't remember that. No, I don't. Okay. The rocks are crying. Yeah, if I don't praise them. Yeah. Sorry. I don't remember yeah. that at all. That happened here? Yeah. Like this, or, yeah. yeah. Two when, years since ago. Since we were here, yeah. yeah. Wow. <laughs> it's because it's music. Yeah, it's because it's Maybe. <laughs> Could be. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I lost my train of thought, though. (laughs) I don't know where You're talking about the rocks crying out. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Anyway, I was going to talk about focus, and you guys messed up. (laughs) I was just saying how we need to remember that when all this is going on, Jesus is focused on what is going to happen, right? I mean, he knows what he's riding into. Uh, 
there, it's not lost on him. While everybody else might be confused and not really gather everything that's taking place, because we have so many places that say where, you know, Jesus talks about certain things, and then the Bible will say, and after the resurrection, the disciples remembered this, and then it clicked, yeah. you know, with mm-hmm. them. Uh, but Jesus just, he, he knows where he's going. He knows what's about to happen, what is about to take what is about to take place. And so you just wonder the the mixed, I don't, I don't know if mixed emotions is right, but just what has to be going on in him at that point, being, being fully God, but also fully man and having the same feelings and emotions and all these things that we go through. Uh, and so he's riding into this town, overlooking Jerusalem or seeing it, all the events that are happening and taking place around him, all the buzz in town uh, just had to be, quite the extraordinary thing uh, happening. And so I just wanted that, I wanted that to be in our mind as we move forward uh, with the with the sermon this week. But as Dave said, we, we looked at Psalm 118 and kind of did a comparison. And I'll read it for us so that we remember. Psalm 118, verses 19 to 27 says, Open to me the gates of righteousness, that I may enter through them and give thanks to the Lord. This is the gate of the Lord. The righteous shall enter through it. I thank you that you have answered me and have become my salvation. The stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. This is the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. I know that song. (laughs) Save us, we pray, O Lord. O Lord, we pray, give us success. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. We bless you from the house of the Lord. The Lord is God, and he has made his light to shine upon us. Bind the festal sacrifice with cords up to the horns of the altar. And so just some background on this psalm. Some people contribute it to they're talking about David here. Others say we don't really know that for sure, but David is a good example. It is definitely a king that you could put in here. But it seems as if this king has had a difficult time. It seems as if some of his people, whoever it might be, have kind of rejected him, have pulled away from him. And so I don't know if there was like a battle. We don't know, you know, who knows. But something was going on and taking place. But success has come. Victory has has seemed to come. And so the the king, where where I started reading in verse 19, the king is heading to the temple. And he's going through the gates of righteousness, right? He's going to see the Lord. And so it's this kind of processional taking place, heading into the temple with the people following their king, or you could even picture similar to the triumphal entry, them lining the road as the king is heading to the temple, praising their king and and honoring their king for what has happened, what has took place. And so he go, he wants to go in because he says in verse twenty, I thank you that you have answered me and have become my salvation. The king is recognizing that God has given him this victory, that God has saved him, and in essence saved the kingdom. And verse twenty two, the stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone, talking of himself as the king. These people rejected me, but you have set me here. And I, you know, you've set me here as this cornerstone to to help this nation and to protect this nation. Um, it says, this is the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. Uh, this is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. This is the people talking, right? At, let's, let's, let, or the king, I'm sorry, still talking at this point. And he's telling the people, God has done this for us. Let us now rejoice. Let us praise him. Let us let us worship him. Again, this is why they're going to the temple. It's where they're going to worship and praise and do these things. And so then you get a response from the people uh, where they say, save us, we pray, O Lord, O Lord, we pray, give us success. And this is where I had mentioned, if you remember, 
that phrase that I always said was confusing. I heard in movies and stuff, and I always remember people would say, you know, Lord, save the king and do this. And for my little bit of study, what they're meaning in that is, you know, if you save the king, you save the nation. So it's like bless, bless the nation, kind of what we say in our country. God bless America. Kind of the same thing. Lord, save the king. You know, help help us here. And this is what they're saying, and they're recognizing that it comes from it comes from God. It's a gift from God to to bless us. And and so it goes on. Blessed see who comes in the name of the Lord, which we have uh, quoted uh, directly in our passage in John twelve. Uh, we bless you from the house of the Lord. So in the temple, we're blessing this King who who you have put Lord in in place. And then the Lord is God. He has made His light to shine upon us. And then. The way they worship is they bind the vessel sacrifice with cords. We heard that yawn, Scott. Everybody heard we it. We could hear that. Yawn. Everybody sorry. heard yeah. it. <laughs> it was quite loud. <laughs> sorry that this is so boring. Wow. <laughs> You've got to hear it a second time. Wow. I apologize. Wow. I should have left the room like Dave did earlier. We could <laughs> I mean, if you would talk once in a while, it might wake you up. But I can't. You just kind of sit there. You keep rambling. <laughs> I gave you opportunity earlier. Yeah. Only Spencer took it. Yeah. I mean, I know I'm rambling. I am reading scripture. I'm sorry. Oh, <laughs> wow. Oh, man. That was I just figured slap. since I've never preached a sermon on this, I should just do a lot of listening. <laughs> yeah. there you go. Sure to receive. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Anyways. Sorry about that, people. Right, yeah. I apologize for Scott. Right. Unprofessional. It's kind of embarrassing. Yeah. But yeah. We'll get now, grace. Now I know why <laughs> now I know why Spencer's doing podcasts on his own. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Starting to make more sense. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, all right, let's get into the meat of this. I tried to do something that I I have done a sermon similar to this before in format. Uh, you guys don't see my notes, but normally I have just an outline thing, but this time I made a table for myself comparing some of the verses of Psalm one eighteen to Christ's triumphal entry. I did this before uh, with a sermon on Mephibosheth and comparing David, Mephibosheth, and then us and, and God or in Christ. Um, and so that's what I, I tried to do that again. And so taking uh, this idea of the king, that we, as we see in Psalm 118 and verse 19 to 20, the king is entering this temple and it says entering through the righteous gate and that this king leads his people to worship God in the temple. You can see the comparison then what Jesus is doing, because as Jesus would make his way into Jerusalem, most people say he probably was entering the east gate, which also has the righteous gate there, uh, and or the beautiful gate that would be leading into the temple where people would be able to go into the temple and to the outer course and all these different things. Uh, you even see in Acts, I can't remember who, but there's a, there's a healing. I think maybe it was Peter did a healing there, and they said at the beautiful gate yeah. is where he where he healed. Is it the man with the hand or? I don't know. Anyways. Um, the, the one that couldn't walk. I think that was something. begging. Yeah, maybe it was that. Gate. Yeah. 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 Something about an ax. <clears throat> yeah. 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 Is the is gate called beautiful? Yeah. What was the healing? Was it the guy couldn't walk? Yeah. On the yeah. mat. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we we have this here, and we have this picture then of, of Jesus as this king would lead people to the temple, here's Jesus making his way to the temple. But there is a difference because you have the king leading people to worship the Lord. Here we have the Lord going to the temple. So in the end, to be worshipped, right? Not Maybe not completely understood at this point by the people of what's happening here. But here you have the righteous one going through the gate they call the righteous gate really the only one worthy to go through that gate. And here he is 
going going through this gate. And that was an interesting study. If people wanted to do study on their own, I know me and Spencer talked about it a little bit uh, last week. That east gate now is bricked over. And the reason it's bricked over, it was bricked over in like the 1500s, right around the Reformation actually time is when it was bricked over by King... Uh, uh, what's the name? I'm going to say a Lord of the Rings character, so I don't want to do that. Saruman. <laughs> it's something like that. It is something like that. King Aragorn? No, yeah. Aragorn. It begins with an S. Yeah. It's something like yeah, that. Yeah. But he bound it because prophecy said that the when the Lord returns, he would come through the East Gate and take his people with him. They said, well, I'm going to break it over then. You there's, shall not there's pass. There's no more East Gate. Yeah. <laughs> That's Gandalf. That's yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But Sorry. It's just interesting yeah. to read and, and study the history of these things. But yeah. um, again, we see that comparison. They're heading to the temple to worship for victory. Christ on his way, heading into the temple to actually give victory. Uh, true, true victory is what's happening here. And, and I also had read from Hebrews, and I, I, I've said this numerous times on this. I've said it from the pulpit. Mm. Hebrews has so much for us to understand. Even last night, preaching on Christ being our mediator, I had talked about just reading from Hebrews 7 all the way through Hebrews 10. I almost did that for the sermon uh, because that's that's where it is. I mean, you can read what that means, and, and, and some of it's hard to understand, but even like in Hebrews 9, it says, Jesus doesn't enter the temple or the gates made with hands that's mm-hmm. defiled. Talking about the tabernacle, talking about the temple, he has entered through a more holy mm-hmm. in the heavens. And that's what's taking place here. You know, Jesus is is doing that. And then Hebrews Hebrews 9, 28, if I have my paper here, says, So Christ, having been offered once to bear the sins of many, will appear a second time, not to deal with sin, but to save those who are eagerly waiting for him. And in Revelation, it talks about a pearl gate that we will enter for eternity to be with him. And and it's only through Christ that that can be, that that can be done. And so... I know the whole thing idea of like gates and stuff can seem seem confusing or like well, who cares, but there's something to that yeah. that we will get to enter a gate and it's a gate where the city isn't going to be blocked off for us and it's because of Christ we enter righteous in in Him and we have that and we have that promise there. Uh, the next comparison was the king, though rejected by some, had been placed by God in his position, and we see this with with Christ as well, right? I mean. Have you guys ever thought much about the idea that here Jesus rides into town as like a hero, but in just a few short days, that all, that all changes. Um, have you ever, have you guys ever processed through, how does that, how's that happen? Well, I, <clears throat> I was thinking about that when I, when I was listening to your sermon, I think it was last, it was either last year or the year before when I did a, a, a Palm Sunday sermon and I mentioned how, and you you touched on this, you know, like Jesus did not ride on a on a, a war horse, you know, because mm-hmm. the people in the Roman Empire would see, they would see Roman soldiers. They they knew, they knew what the Roman army did, and they knew how uh, they would conquer and so forth. And so, in their minds, it was probably confusing that he was on a donkey, to be honest. <laughs> Because it, even though they did, they that was prophesied, yeah, you know, but exactly. they probably were confused because their context was so Roman esque in that sense, and so I think how easily the crowds are swayed because when they realize that Jesus was arrested and they realize he was being condemned as a criminal, they know Deuteronomy: if you're if you're hung on a tree, you're cursed by God, and all that. Um, 
their expectations were met. They thought, here's this political Messiah who's going to come in and be like the the new Moses. This is the new uh, Exodus, if you will. He's going to deliver us from the hand of Pharaoh, which in their mind was Rome. And I I made that point last time I, I preached on this before. It's like people think that Jesus is going to be you know, uh, kind of give them something certain, you know, some outcome. And it doesn't happen because he, according to Scripture, knew what he was called to do, the lamb who was slain. But in their minds, it's like this this political hero is coming. This new Moses is coming to save the day. And then when he was tried and scourged, they realized, yeah, not the case. And they turned, just like that. How quick the, the crowd will turn when their expectations are met, you know. Yeah, I think I I had preached a sermon on this a long time ago, and I remember talking about that. Like, mm-hmm. I've heard I heard an argument saying that this can't really be true because there wouldn't be that big of a turn where they love you, and now uh, three days later they're trying you to kill you or whatever. Uh, but that's just not true. If we even think about our own lives, right. how fickle we can be. Right. Right. I mean, we can go to a restaurant numerous, numerous times and enjoy it. We go one time, we're like, never going there again. That place is horrible. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we right. don't think about, well, maybe it's just one bad day yeah. or whatever. But we're just so fickle true. that way, even yeah. with even with people. If if you don't give somebody their way one time, they're ready to get rid of you, mm-hmm. right? And get get you out. And so it's not a hard thing to picture at all of the people turning. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's what took place. And so here we have we have these people uh, in Psalms. Shouting Hosanna to the King, right? Bring salvation. They're asking of God, bring salvation uh, to us, but also kind of letting it spread throughout the other lands. And we have the same picture here uh, with the triumphal entry. The people shouting Hosanna, save us, saying out loud, recognizing that salvation come is going to come through this guy. That's what Hosanna means. Yep. Mm-hmm. Save yeah. us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so that's what they're recognizing. Yet. As we as we're talking about, as you were talking about with the warhorse thing, salvation's coming in a much different way than they had expected. Not a military campaign, which again you can understand why they might think that. If the numbers are correct that people say, I mean, you're talking could be one million, two million upwards of people in yeah. town, and you have you would think a lot of faithful Jewish people in town. That's what they're there to do, is what what the Jews would do with Passover. That maybe this is the time he's going to rile up the crowd. We're all going to storm the gates. Yep. We're going to get Rome out of here. That's what's about to happen. So you could exactly. you can understand why they might might think that now is the perfect time for this to happen. Well, I mean, again, going back to the Passover week, though, this is like their Fourth of July mm-hmm. as a country. Oh yeah. So you can be, you know, it, I would say back then. Yeah. Go ahead. No, you had given an example of this last week when me and you were talking that I thought was good. What was that exactly? Us doing Fourth of July, but yeah. Germany is running yeah. us. Yeah, they I mean, it'd be like if there was another country running <laughs> yeah. us, right? But we're celebrating the Fourth of July, yeah. and we're, you know. Um, you know, singing our patriotic songs. And similarly for Israel, there were pious people who really believed in the God of Abraham, but there was also a lot of people that, um, there were some people like the zealots who zealots. were more, they were they were basically like militia types, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, right-wing militia types wanting to establish a, reestablish that. Some people, I mean, I don't want to use the political phrase, but they were wanting someone to make Israel great again. Oh, yeah. And that's what they were looking for. And whenever you read the Old Testament um, background for this, David is 
intergly, if I pronounced that word wrong, I know, but he's, he's <laughs> intertwined with the whole temple structure, right? Yeah, he, yeah. he appoint, he organizes the priests. He lays out the foundations for the temple to be built, which his son does. Mm-hmm. He organizes, he gives them even the instruments they use are all ordained by King David. Mm-hmm. To even every part of the temple is associated with the kingship, so the priest and the king are very closely. They're distinct, but the the point is, is when remember you think about David leading God's people and bringing the Ark of the Covenant in, or you think about Solomon at the establishment of the temple being there. Um, reading here later on, like even uh, with uh, Joash, who was a, a young king, right? Well, his grandmother Athaliah sees him, right? She's an evil woman. Well, they've kept Joash hidden, who's the heir of the throne, um, until a certain point. She comes in and she sees him, and it says she sees him standing by the pillar at the entrance. So there was a certain pillar in the temple where the king was supposed to stand. And I'm saying there's this whole background of ideas to them. And now Here's this guy who people are saying is the son of David. They're crying out, save us. He's riding on a donkey, which some people may have missed that. Other people may have thought, Zechariah, donkey, oh, yeah. we're, we're here. This is the time, and the whole city is, and then it's on the Independence Day weekend. Um, I mean, things are on. They're just waiting for one spark to light right, the fire. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's about the city could erupt. <clears throat> yeah. And that's why the religious leaders are so nervous. They say, it's either him or the nation. Yeah. One of two has to go because it's better for him to die for the whole people to stay in existence. Cause if he leads them astray, we're done as a people because the Romans are going to put us down real quick. Yeah. And so, but then that's the full irony for me is Jesus is here leading in this ceremony, but he's coming in and David never led the people in, in order to die on the altar. Mm-hmm. Solomon never did. Hezekiah never could lead the people at Passover for those special Passover ceremonies that you read about in two Chronicles. Um, and and Jesus is here riding in as their king, but he's going to go straight to the temple. He's going to stand in his place. He's going to teach them. And then he's going to go outside the camp mm-hmm. and become the curse for the people. Mm-hmm. I mean, that flips the whole script on its, on its head. So I don't know, like just thinking about all of those things that we've been talking are mm-hmm. in my mind now the whole Testament background of perhaps what is in some of their minds on, on this uh, very exciting Passover weekend. Yeah. What's happening here really is what Jesus has deserved all along. You know, yeah. I mean, this party, this ordination, this, yeah. this praise and worship of him is, right. is a scene that should have been taking place. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you see it at his birth. You don't see this huge praise. I mean, you see shepherds. Yeah. Right. Um, you see a very minimal thing of being recognized of who he is. But in his life, you just don't see that in a lot of other places. I mean, he goes home, performs some miracles, and what do they, they want to get, they want to kill him. Mm-hmm. They want to get rid of him. So you, you just don't see this. And and now it's finally happening. And, and I don't want to miss that point either. I know we talk about he's heading to the cross, all the stuff, and that's got to be on his mind. But let's, like you're saying, Spencer, let's not miss the moment. Mm-hmm. And it really was an awesome moment. Mm-hmm. You know, this is our king. And... They're wrong in a way, and they're correct. They're correct yeah. in a way yeah. of what's happening here, and and that's what leads really to the last part of the sermon, because there's a weird thing there in Psalm one eighteen at the end of taking a sacrifice and binding it, and we understand it from that context in Psalm one eighteen of they want to praise and worship, and this is how they do it. They're going to give an offering, 
to God with a with a sacrifice. Some commentators even said in this, it, it didn't mean one sacrifice on the altar. It meant so many that it lifted all the way up mm. to the top of the altar. Mm. They were everywhere. We mm. want to give you everything and worship and praise you. Mm. But there's this, you're binding this sacrifice onto the altar. And then you have this comparison then of what Jesus is doing, of what is of what is taking place. This guy being hailed king, like Spencer was saying, in the line of David, they they recognize this, they know this, they even call him Israel's king. They say it, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, even the king of Israel, recognizing him as you are the king that we have been waiting for, treating him like this. And here they they are worshiping Jesus. Again, this is some thought, the Bible doesn't tell us this anywhere, but as you put two and two together, I think it makes a lot of sense. With other sacrifices around, you know, they're, they're taking them to the temple. They're bringing them in town so that they can be good Jewish people and good Israelites and do mm-hmm. the sacrifice they're mm-hmm. supposed to do. So there's probably animals around. There's there's people around. And they're looking at Jesus, praising him, and not fully understanding at this point that mm. here here is the lamb, as John had cried out, as John the Baptist had cried out earlier in John chapter 1, as Jesus would come towards him with baptism there's the lamb that's going to yep. take away the sin of the world. That one. You know, and that's what's happening. He's he's coming into town, and there he is. All these other lambs around, all these other sacrifices, all these people, all these things that are happening. Here he is, and he is heading to the altar to be bound. And it's not a fight, not having to be dragged, which is interesting because, I mean, even in the garden, the disciples wanted to fight. Some of them, yeah. anyways. Others ran. Yeah. And what does Jesus do? They were do? concealed carrying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And what does Jesus do, though, right? He's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't need you to fight for me. Yeah. If right. I wanted to fight, it'd be over. Well, and doesn't he, I love the phrase, right? He, they come to him, he says, I was with you in the temple. I've been And with you, you never arrested me. Right. Why now? Yeah. Yeah. And remember, even in John's gospel, we're told he speaks to them, I am he. And they fall on their faces. The point is, is like what you're saying, Jesus comes voluntarily. Mm-hmm. He voluntarily allows himself to be bound and betrayed yeah. and, and led away, led away um, Which is like just, our lamb. It really is something I don't think we've ever really witnessed any other man do. And now maybe some might say, oh, yeah. Have we ever seen the general of an army say, I'll go, I'll take this one? No, he's leading, right? And that's not my best thing. I need to lead or whatever. Mm-hmm. Maybe in his past, that general had been on the front lines and mm-hmm. had done something to earn his position. But here we have the actual king being proclaimed as king, being shouted as king, being looked at right. as king of everybody and saying, that's true, but I have to go. And uh, Well, I mean, it doesn't make sense, right? You just got here. <laughs> yeah, now yeah. you're going to die? Yeah. That doesn't make sense. You haven't even been coronated yet mm-hmm. you're the guy we thought you were the one who was going to redeem israel yeah it doesn't make sense mm-hmm. and oh why do you not believe what the prophets um wrote and that's just like i mean that even the even the disciples that's what i've heard about even on uh, like the white horse Inn recently they've been talking about the resurrection and some of the facts and and such and yeah. objections to yeah, it yeah. and one of the things they brought up is uh some people have said you know about how even the disciples they would have had there was no inkling in them before Jesus opens their eyes in the, and after the resurrection that this crucifixion thing was even a possibility. Uh-huh. They could not, it couldn't register to them, mm-hmm. not because it wasn't in the Bible. It's, 
their eyes hadn't been open to it yet. Well, right. Look at the road to Emmaus. The two, yeah. Yeah. You know, Jesus says, or they say, why are you so down? Why are you so right. forlorn? Have you not heard? Right. We had hoped right. he would be the one to rescue Israel. Yeah. There it is. Yep. 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 And so they were blinded by but their he died. disillusionment. Yeah. yeah. Actually, by dying, he rescues Israel. Yeah. 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 And so in John chapter 12, Jesus himself had said, or he says after this, um, and again, the people don't fully understand this, but he says, I, when I'm lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. And so they're part of this here is if Jesus goes and he says, yes, I'm king of Israel, he's king of Israel. Uh, but what he does going to the cross, he brings all nations to himself. Mm. As a, I'm actually mm. king of kings. Mm-hmm. Right? I'm the king of all all the kings. And, yeah. and, and even the Pharisees here are recognizing this because they declare that in 12 it's like we can't stop this guy. Look, yeah. the world is coming after Isn't him. Isn't that awesome? The world is it's coming just... after him. And it's interesting a lot if you don't study the Old Testament and know much about it, you don't realize that this actually was Israel's job. They were supposed to be a light to the nations and they have failed at that. They had yeah. failed at that pretty miserably to where they had just hunkered in. They were themselves. This is our God. And Jesus comes and says, "I'm actually going to fulfill what you should have been doing all along." Right. I'm going to be king to all people, and the world is being drawn to himself. And that's why I read out of Hebrews uh, 13, I don't want to go there, but the fact that, and you had said it a minute ago, Spencer, that Christ wasn't crucified in the temple. He was outside the gate, which mm-hmm. is embarrassing. Yeah. That's where the, <laughs> the the rejected sacrifices go to be burned, right? Like that's, garbage dump. that's the garbage dump yeah. out there. But the criminals. In that, and that's where he was took. But there's a reason it's outside of the gate, because yeah. it's not just for Israel. It was for all people to right. be drawn to him. He was yep. counted among the transgressors. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's crucified between two thieves. And then also, and we're going to get, I think we'll talk about this here coming up, but um, for Good Friday stuff, but on the cross, it's written, and John points this out to us, that the phrase, the king of the Jews, was written not simply in Aramaic, the native Hebrew tongue, but it was written in Latin, in Greek. and it's written in Greek, so that all of the major language groups inside Israel and outside Israel, no, proclaimed above the cross, this one is the king of the Jews. And and even John points out the, the Lord's control through uh, evil men, because remember the chief priest said, don't write that, but this man said, I am the king of the Jews. And Pilate says, mm-hmm. what I've written, I've written. Yeah. And even though Pilate meant it to get back at them, God used it to show, no, that's actually the truth. Yep. Yeah. The one on the cross that being lifted up mm-hmm. is the king of the Jews. Yeah. This and is again, it's where we see so much of the proof of what's happening because even like the high priest declaring, yeah. it's better that one man die, right? Yeah. He, he's fulfilling prophecy. Right. He's, yeah, exactly. he's even he's yeah. prophesying of yeah. what's right. happening and what's taking place. Right. Uh, only God can do that, right? He's yeah. working. Right. He's making his enemies, those who are against him, yeah. fall right in line with yeah. the plan all along. It's really yeah. an amazing thing to see. I love how you brought the whole idea of like the whole world's going after him. And and the whole world mm. was there. Yeah. You know, you had Jews from all mm-hmm. over the corners of you have Asia, you have mm-hmm. as far as west, some scholars think maybe as far as Britain, possibly kind mm-hmm. of a newer mm-hmm. Roman outpost, you know, if you will. Mm-hmm. And they were all there. And then Pentecost, Peter's preaching, and then the, yeah. all the nations are hearing the gospel in their own native native language. They go back, they start churches. Mm-hmm. Right. You brought that point out really good. Yeah. A fascinating thing to study and to and to understand. And he was starting to yawn again. Where was he? Well, that means we're done. We're done. Thinking about vacation, right? You're, He's you're thinking about there. vacation. No. <laughs> no. 
I'm just kidding. <laughs> There's no creamer in the office today, so I haven't drank much coffee. Uh, what? <laughs> there is creamer. That's what my wife called me. There's she vanilla some creamer. <laughs> wow. Your wife brought you creamer. There's a whole you. thing That's of French vanilla creamer in there. Awesome wife. No, half and half. You're I don't want snub. this. I don't want this. I don't want I'm, sweet I'm, coffee. I'm, I'm, yeah, just okay. be a real man and drink it straight. Coming from you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. With a little coffee. All right. <laughs> teapot. Giant gallon of honey down in yeah. your You put in your drinks. Te- oh. Teapot, Tim. Right. Oh. All right. Well. All right. Yeah. Well, hey, well, it'll be okay. Well, hopefully you were here this Sunday. And if not, you should be able to listen to the sermon on the podcast. Uh, we hope to see you this coming Friday. We're doing a good Friday service at six o'clock. Uh, it won't be a long service. It should be about 45 minutes, 50 minutes. Uh, we're going to read through the passages that walk us through the Holy Week, that, that lead us up to the cross, the crucifixion of Jesus and his, and his death, and just try to um, think about what was happening that day and not shy away from the fact that our Savior did die and had to die and, and what that means for us. And then, and then hopefully... You'll be here as well on Sunday, Resurrection Sunday, where we celebrate not just his death, but his conquering of death. And that's that's the joy of, of celebrating Easter together uh, to look at the resurrection. And so that's where we'll be. Hopefully you'll be able to come, maybe bring some people with you to be able to hear the gospel. Who knows what God might do in those services and in our lives and in their lives as well. And so hopefully we'll, we'll see you uh, on Sunday. We thank you for listening today. I do hope that you have a a blessed week.